The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Today is May 8th, Mother's Day. And here's what's coming up on this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Turning now to the political fallout from the Supreme Court leaked Roe v. Wade. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle have some big decisions ahead if the court overturns the landmark ruling. Speaking of racist behavior, a black Tennessee mayor declares April as Confederate History Month. A black, I'm gonna read that again. A black Tennessee mayor declares April as Confederate History Month. Tonight, a court ruling. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene will remain on the ballot in Georgia's 14th district race. Challengers tried to boot her for her alleged support of the U.S. Capitol insurrection. Then, the minority puts up the distinguished general lady from Georgia who does not mention Ukraine once. She does not mention the thousands of Ukrainian civilians who've been slaughtered by Putin's army. She does not mention more than 100 Ukrainian children who've been shot and killed by the Ukrainian army. Instead, she talks about a massive invasion at the border, a massive invasion which their own speakers have said today hundreds of thousands of people have been apprehended in. Online radio at its best. Father, in the name of Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, I arise to establish my legal right and dominion over this region and over every territory which you have given me jurisdictional authority. According to Daniel 9 and 4, you are the only great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love you and to them that keep your commandments. I appeal to the God who said in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 to 16, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence amongst my people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. I will hear their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto their prayer that is made into this place for now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be perpetually there I declare that this place is sanctified I present my body as a living sacrifice by the shed blood of Jesus Christ my Savior and Redeemer make these prayers holy and acceptable unto you I confess my sins and the sins of our fathers let grace and mercy prevail over us. I declare I have a free passage for my prayers to ascend into the realm of the supernatural and will not be earthbound. I come into agreement with the supreme good of heaven. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Therefore, war from this plane and realm. I declare that the anointing of God 
breaks every yoke, open every portal, and assign angels to reinforce me as I advance into new levels, new dimensions, new realms, and territories. Let there be a breakthrough in the heavens. I tap into apostolic and prophetic veins. I shatter glass ceilings. I smash spiritual bars and iron membranes. I declare a breakthrough atmosphere is established. I recalibrate the spiritual climate and decree that every bit of lukewarmness must be replaced with the fire and the zeal of God. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is a serious sound on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. It's just so appropriate because today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. If you don't have children, I'm pretty sure someone thinks of you as a surrogate mother. I'm Jay Ralph. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on this beautiful and special day for so many ladies out there. Let me say good morning to the man who gets the first and last word. and one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning to you, sir. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Marianne Music. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Momo B. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Once again, the number is 347 And of course, as always, we take this opportunity, what we call a point of personal privilege, to talk about things that are not going to make the cut for today's show. But one thing I want to bring up here real quick. I listened to last week's show, and I've come to the conclusion that Mr. Elias is a snitch. I cannot believe how he snitched and dined me out with Vanessa last week. I tell you what, fellas, with friends and family like this, who needs enemies? Thank you very much, Mr. Elias, for busting okay, me out, not only in front of Vanessa, well, but in front of everyone. Well, you told Vanessa that I forgot about her uh, freaking anniversary, man. Thank you. No, I appreciate I that. That was a conversation. Say, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. No. Yes, you did. Yeah, you're going to misquoting again. I said okay. you told her yeah, sure. that you did not. You said she didn't tell you about it. I said, yes, she did. No, no, that's not what you said, Mr. Elias. If I have time, if I have time. remind him again then. I said, okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I know. You know what? The the beautiful thing about radio is that we can pull it up. If I have time, I'm going to pull it up and let everybody hear what you say. Because I heard what you said, Frank. I heard what you said. You said, oh, dear, I forgot about it. I told him. That's not what you said, Michelle. You said, you said, I'm coming to Houston. And you said, for what? You said, well, I, you said, Jerry said, for what? Say you coming to Houston for uh, Vanessa's, what's call it? I saw she didn't tell me about that, so he had completely forgot about it. I saw oh, thanks, Mr. Elias. You're a snitch. But that's okay. I'll do with you off the air. Yeah, you're a snitch. Anyway, today is Mother's Day. I want to say happy Mother's Day to my beautiful mother. And you know, here's the thing. A lot of us, some of us are still blessed to have our parents and there are those of us who are not. But they have always, regardless whether they hear it or not, have had an impact on our lives and you know I can honestly say that even though my mother's still here there's another mother that had an impact on my on my life and that's Miss Vera Morris and so what I want to do now is take a few minutes and just you know what I think it's Mother's Day I think it's appropriate and folks at home you can play as well just 
give me a funny moment, man, that reminds you of your mother every day, Mr. Elias. Hmm. <laughs> um, okay, my ex-wife and I were talking to my mother, and I never knew this. My mother and my father, when they got married, um, my mother said that my father married her in Chicago, and then she married, and then he came to Indiana and married her. And my wife, my, my, my ex-wife said, well, why does he do that? And my mother, and, and, and who my, if you knew my mother, my mother said her stuff was so good that he had to marry her twice. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> okay. That's my mother, man. Now, I don't care. Sorry, if He go, 
Go outside and get an S. Okay, he goes. You know, it was just one of those things, and I always remember that. Here's another story I'll share with you all as well. We stayed three, four doors down from some very uppity people. Uh, Miss Ledbetter was uh, the lady that lived down the street. So one Fourth of July, we were outside, you know, popping firecrackers and fireworks. So Miss Ledbetter, you know, with her sedity self, was like, well, uh, you know, do not pop those things down the street. And so I said, you know, I said a curse word under my breath. And so she told my mother what I said. So my sister and I, my mother spanked us both. And she says, now y'all need to go down the street and apologize to Miss Ledbetter. So we walked down the street and, you know, my sister, I'm sorry, Miss Ledbetter, I'll never do it again. And she looks at me and she says, I'm waiting, Jay. And I'm looking at her like, I'm frowning, right? Mean mugging her. And I'm like, I ain't saying nothing. I said, I'm sorry. And I, and no, I'm sorry. I'm lying. I didn't even say that. I just didn't say anything. And I went back home. So Miss Ledbetter, being the snitch, I didn't even know back in the 70s what a snitch was, but Miss Ledbetter was the first snitch that I can honestly say was a snitch. She told my mom that I did not say, uh, I did not apologize. So guess what? I got whooped, spanked, and then. My mother made me go back down there. And when I went back down there, she said, I'm waiting. That's it. I'm sorry. And that wasn't good enough, so I had to get another beating. So needless to say, Miss Ledbetter, God rest her soul, she was, she was, look, she was an outstanding woman. And her daughter uh, is, you know, is a very, she's not a dear friend, but she's a friend of mine. And, uh, but, you know, God rest her soul. But I got three beatings for the price of one because I just refused to say I'm sorry. And a lot of people hear that story and they say, hey, Jay, that's your dang old fault. Why didn't you just say you were sorry? And I'm like, because Ms. Ledbetter wanted me to say I'm sorry, and I'm not saying I'm sorry because of Ms. Ledbetter. All right, 347 Can I tell a story about your mom? Sure, this, absolutely. This is how close we are wearing twine. Now, when Jay went to the military, I was still stuck here doing, you know, devilish things that I always did. But, you yeah. know... I decided to get my life together and go off to school. And I went to Indiana University Northwest, which is in which is in Gary, Indiana. And then I decided to go to Indiana State. Well, I enrolled in Indiana State and you know, my mom had a car but it, it was a car that wouldn't make it down to Indiana State. So I would go visit Jay's mother. We were sitting there talking, and I was kind of down and out and, and his mother and I infinite wisdom looked at me and said, Baby, what's wrong? I said, uh, my, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to get up enough money to go to Indiana State to, uh, to get, to get enrolled. She said, I said, I'm, I'm trying to get a bus ticket to go down there. She said, bus ticket. I said, yes, ma'am, I'm trying to get a bus ticket to get down there. She said, babe, you see that Volkswagen rabbit out there? So you take that thing down there and you drive down there and uh, you get enrolled in school. And I looked at her. She said, I'm serious. She said, don't look back. Just take that, take that car down there. She says, an extra car just sitting here anyway. You take that down there, and you get enrolled in school. And that's exactly what I did, and I never looked back. So his mother is a large part of the reason that I am the success, the, 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 the small success that I have today, because she, she, she's seen a need in the kid, and she took that opportunity, and I'll always be thankful to her. Because she, she had enough love for her surrogate son and 
you know, I'm a, I'm a rat Jay out again because Jay is jealous of me and her relationship because we tell each oh other how much God. we love each other. This dude. We tell each other how much we love each other. Wow. And he, he always calls me her love child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's how that's that's how jealous he is. So that is wow. my mother as well. And I, I, I do. I reach out quite often to her just to see how she's doing. And we we talk to each other. I always tell her I love her because I honestly love that woman. That woman has been a fixture in my life. Oh my God, since my high school days. And I love you, Dorothy Neville. And there's nothing you can do about it. I'm always gonna love you. Wow, it was a beautiful moment until the, you know, till the player hater had to try to hate the player. You know, it is what it is, Miss Elias. Whatever, right? Whatever. Beautiful story, and it's a true story. I can verify it. I was shocked that she gave him the car, but you know, I was like, what? That car was fairly new when she gave it to him. But you know, it is what it is. And, you know, and I, <laughs> I have a very, you know, let's have a very more story too, since you know we have a minute. So, so you know, so Les's mother was always like this mom to me. And I was astonished at how Mr. Elias could just cuss in front of his mama. And I was like, dang, you know, I, I couldn't cuss in front of my mama. But the thing I always remember, the one thing that I always remember about her is when she made this this cake. And she said, uh, she said, you want some of that cake in there? I'm like, I'm looking at that cake. My mom watering. And she told me, I said, yeah. I said, she said, go on. And she gave me half the cake and said, you go ahead and take it with you. And the thing about it is, is that you may say, well, what does that have to do with anything? The fact of the matter is, she used to always tell me how much she felt about me. And the one of the last things I remember the most about her is if Mr. Elias was at her uh, at her at her facility, assistant living facility, and he said, hey, I want, I want to play something for you. And he showed me a Marco Polo, and you know, and Mama said to me, "I love you, Jay Ryan. I love you, Jay Ryan." And it just, it just tore me apart. So you're right. It's just people that may not have given birth to you, they still play that role in your life. And you know, I'm so very grateful for having her and having my mother. And you know, God knows my grandmother. Um, my God, rest in, rest in peace. She was the one, you know. So that's it. My goodness, I don't want to get mushy. It is time for the NPR News Update, and it's time to get into the heavy lifting of the show. Vanessa is off this morning, which sister is as well. But the brothers, we got it. Jerome usually joins us after his Commitment Recluse Channel Radio. Once again, that number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Eighteen minutes after the hour. News Update and the show coming up next. Don't you go any, any, anywhere. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Tensions are running high in the Russian-occupied city of Kherson in the south of Ukraine as Russia prepares to celebrate its Victory Day, marking the end of World War II. NPR's Frank Langford reports from Odessa. Russian soldiers have set up checkpoints every 100 yards in parts of Kherson, according to local residents. A woman who asked we only use her first initial S said Russians occupying the city fear public protests of their celebration on Monday. The Russians are building a stage. We don't want that. Some people want to protest against this victory day, but it's extremely dangerous. During previous protests, the Russians were no longer shooting in the air. They were shooting at people. The Russian assault government has put up posters in Kherson to celebrate Victory Day. It's captured in this Russian propaganda video. Frank Lankin, NPR News, Odessa. In the small northern New Mexico city of Las Vegas, hot, dry, windy weather 
still holds out the potential to wreak even more damage as the largest current wildfire in the nation remains mostly unabated. Mike DeFries is fire information officer for the Calf Canyon Hermit's Peak Fire. It is at 170,665 acres today. It is 21% Incident Commander Dave Bale says it's been an extraordinary weather event and firefighters have been trying to treat buildings before the very hot, dry winds, which you can hear here in the background, get to them. We have lots of what we call structure protection crews and engines, uh, groups that are out assessing potentially where the fire is wanting to go and, and assessing uh, structures, treating structures. In the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, many families have lost their homes and thousands have had to evacuate rural areas. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has paved the way for a House vote on a resolution that would allow congressional staffers to unionize. NPR's Deepa Shivaram has more. The resolution, which is set to pass, was proposed by Michigan Congressman Andy Levin and was co-signed by more than 100 other members of the House. It would allow House staffers to unionize if they choose to. Pelosi said in a statement that congressional staff, quote, deserve the same fundamental rights and protections as workers all across the country. The speaker also announced that the minimum annual pay for staffers in the House would be set at $45,000. It's part of an effort to retain and recruit diverse talent on the Hill. Keep a shiver on NPR News, Washington. The U.N. assistance mission in Afghanistan says it's deeply concerned and seeking clarifications from the Taliban about an order requiring women there to cloak themselves in public head to toe. This is NPR News. Online radio at its best. Democrats across the country are now under pressure from abortion rights advocates to take action after that bombshell leaked draft majority opinion shows the Supreme Court could soon overturn Roe versus Wade. So if anybody kicks you out of the Constitution, you got to think about how you're going to get yourself back in. Planned Parenthood President and CEO Alexis McGill-Johnson talked about taking action Wednesday night on The Daily Show. And she's not the only one. The Supreme Court doesn't have to have the last word. In the Senate, Democrats are planning a vote on making abortion rights federal law. The United States Congress can act and protect a person's right to an abortion. But the mainly symbolic vote is unlikely to pass. But you don't have the votes for it. By making people vote on this issue that matters to so many people, we've got a chance now maybe to change the makeup of who's in the United States Senate. And I'm all in on that. If the court rules as expected, abortion regulation reverts back to the states. Each of those elected representatives can make the decisions that they view best for their constituents. Mississippi is at the center of the Supreme Court challenge with its ban on most abortions after 15 weeks. But if Roe v.ersus Wade is overturned, it's one of 13 states with a so-called trigger law, prohibiting abortions immediately with limited exceptions. People in our state believe uh, that when a, when a woman chooses to have an abortion, that uh, she's not only making a, a decision for herself, she's also making the decision for that unborn child. President Biden is now warning of what could come. What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. 
The White House says it's exploring options for what it might do once Roe versus Wade is overturned, but doesn't want to preview them until or unless the court actually overturns that original ruling. And in more fallout from the leak of that draft majority opinion, they boosted security over at the Supreme Court, putting up fencing overnight. And Justice Alito, who wrote the draft opinion, canceled the scheduled appearance for today at a legal conference in Nashville. Tony? More fencing in the nation. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's twenty four minutes after the hour. You're listening to the Mother's Day edition of the Serious Side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, if you have uh, been, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard about the uh, leaked uh, memo from the Supreme Court suggesting that you know Roe Ro versus Way is on its way out. Um, you know, Ms. Elias, when we talk about a woman's rights to choose, and, and, you know, I think about this thing in so many ways. We talk about the simplicity of how people should look at situations. Sometimes if you just break it down and look at it at its root, common sense prevails. You would like to think that anyway. You know, I mean, how Republicans talk about, you know, how many people do we have nationwide and worldwide who are banned from flying because they refuse to wear a mask? And their main reasonings for this was, well, the government can't tell me what to do. The government can't mandate for me to wear a mask. If I don't want to wear a mask, that is my choice. That is my constitutional right. But then these are the same people that will walk into another room and say, well, but the government should tell women what to do with their body. And and when you look at this thing and think about where we're heading, can we honestly say that the election of Donald J. Trump set all of these things in motion? Are we being fair if we say something like that? Your thoughts, please. Yes, yeah, 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 we can honestly say, yeah, that set a lot of it set in motion because he put a lot of these judges in place to um, to overturn Roe v. Wade. Let's just call it what it is. You know, it's funny you should mention that because we, we, me and a guy at work were talking, and, and you know, you know, I, you know, I don't like abortion. Don't get me wrong, but I do believe that it's your body, and you you should be able to do with your body what you please. That's why when people don't get don't get the vaccines, hey, that's your body. It's your choice. You choose what you do. And that's what a guy said to me. We were sitting there talking, and he said, all these people out here talking about, you know, abortion this, abortion that, how it's a murder. He said, well, hell, if you get the if you get that that coronavirus, you take it home to somebody else and uh, kills them, isn't that murder too? Because you don't want to get the you don't want to get the vaccine. Uh, why, why are you not giving your family a better, better chance to live? And one guy looked at me and said, "Well, with abortion, it's 100% murder." And he said, and "He said, well, if somebody's got a uh, a condition and you take it home to them, it's 100% murder. So what's the difference?" And I and we got into a debate at work over it. And I I had to, I had to, I had to agree with the guy. You know, none of you clowns want to get the virus. You talking about this? My body, I shouldn't have to get it. I do with my body what I want to, and the government shouldn't tell me to do with my body what I want to. But here you are telling a woman to do it with her body, what to do with her body. Trust me, I'm I'm not for abortions, but if if that's your that's your body, because abortion happened to me. You know, I had a girl pregnant in high school, and she she aborted. 
So I get it, but that was her right to do it. That was her body. That was her, you know, I had I had I had no, you know, no say in it and it stopped me from having children. But hey, that was my that was on me. That was my choice to not to have children. But the 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 right for her to have to do say with her body what she wanted to do with her body was not mine. And I I just can't I cannot you know, sit there and exercise the 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 uh, for somebody to to have an to to not have an abortion and you gonna consider it murder in Louisiana. Louisiana, as soon as this thing is overturned by the the Supreme Court, it becomes murder. And, and this is this is just utterly ridiculous. It is it is just it, I don't you cannot get me to understand how these people sit here and 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 and, be, and, and uh, claim one thing one way and another thing no way. But that's the Republican Party, the hypocrites. They've always been hypocrites, they, you know, and they're not going to change who they are. You know, the hypocrisy of this whole thing is, is the fact that, you know, you brought up something, and I'm going to probably piss some people off when I make my comments on it a little later in the segment. But I definitely want to make sure I get my two cents in on this abortion thing because here's the thing about these folks that want to – you know, say that it's murder to, to, to abort a fetus. You know, and, and in some of these places, they're saying no exceptions. So if a 13-year-old is raped, she has to have the baby of a rapist. So basically what you're saying is you, so, you support rapist daddies. That's what you're saying. So if, mm-hmm. if, you know, when I was growing up, you know, my mom was married and, you know, that side of the family, we were pretty tight with them. But there were um, two kids that were, you know, they were retarded, you know, and I, and I hate to use that term because it's such a, rock, a derogatory term when it's not used properly, but they were, and they were the sweetest kids, but they were retarded. And, you know, I didn't understand growing up. I just thought, you know, they were slow, but I didn't realize until after the fact later on in life that the reason why they were that way was because, they, you know, their first cousins were having sex and, and having babies. And so you're you're telling a woman First of all, you have no right to tell a woman what to do with her body in the first place because this is just men being men. You know, and I love what one of the senators said, well, tell a man what he can do with his body for 10 months and see how that how that goes over. You know, you're going to tell somebody what to do. So these are the same people that want you to have kids because you don't want to murder the kids. But wait a minute, but these are the same folks, on the other hand, arguing not to, to reduce, you know, state support for mm-hmm. single mothers and, and take that money away. So you want to hold mm-hmm. this precious little child, but as soon as that baby gets 18, then, you know, one of y'all can go out and shoot it with, with a badge on your chest. So, you know, stop it with this nonsense. It's hypocrisy at the highest level. It is really you know, hypocrisy at the highest level. You're 100% right, because as soon as that child gets here, and if that, that mother's trying to abort that child simply because she can't take care of them or that she don't have the means to take care of them, because some of the, a lot of they said, like, uh, 40% of the, the women that are aborting are, are, are the, the women that have uh, children already, and they, they, they know financially they cannot take care of these children. They know they can't. So what's going to happen when that child gets here? You're going to call them lazy. You're going to call them shiftless and you're not going to want to help them. But you'll spend billions and billions and billions of dollars in, in war and giving, giving, the, giving the, the Pentagon F-15s that they don't even want anymore 
that they said uh, uh, Alex Daly, they, they can't even get them right. But you'll spend billions of dollars on that, but you won't spend billions of dollars to help the poor. Like, like Tupac said in his song, you got money for wars, but you won't feed the poor. That, you know, that, and that, that's evident today. And look at Ukraine, how much money we're donating over in Ukraine. We got starving kids right here. We got, we got school systems that are falling apart, and these people are giving money for wars. Look at that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, but here's the thing, man. You can sit here, and, and, and it's just like anything else. Now, here's the thing that, that really gets me is that, and this is the Republican Party, you know, just, I don't know what you're going, oh, man, something's going on with your mic, man. It sounds like it's rubbing up against your face or something. But here's the deal with the Republican Party. You know, it's like, and I've heard this term used all week, and I like the analogy they're saying. It's like the, it's like the, what is going on, man? It's like the dog that finally catches the bus or catches the car, right? You know, it's always good to 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 fight against something, but as we've seen in the past, is that legislating and running for uh, an office is two different things. You can sit here and put out all the promises in the world. You can get your base all riled up, and then once you have the power, then what are you going to do with it? Like one of the big big examples is that Republicans talk about, you know, deficit spending. Oh, you know, the Democrats are blah, blah, blah. Hey. Well, guess what? You know, hey. out of the last three presidencies, uh, two were Democratic and one was Republican. The only uh, presidency that didn't reduce any of the deficit was the Republican one, right? But as soon as a Democrat's yeah. in office, then they're going to talk about deficit spending, Right. And there were two Democratic presidents who reduced the debt to a certain degree. And there was a Republican president that ran it all, just ran it up. And it's like, and Americans are set, are ready to put these people back in office. So let me ask you this. Do you think the abortion issue is going to have an impact on the midterms? Because I just saw a poll that said now that abortion is the number one uh, number one, uh, what's the term? Number one concern for Republicans going into, not for Republicans, I'm sorry, for Americans going into the midterms. It's at 20% and inflation is at 19%. Is this a situation where you think this is going to last until the midterms? Or is this a situation where people are just pissed off right now and eventually this will fade to black? Uh, well, you know something? I think if, if they pass this, it'll because you know you usually if you're faced with this and they, all these states, all these red states that the Republicans are trying to make it uh, a criminal, uh, where you're you're, you're going to send people to, to jail for murder. I think I think it, it you know it's going to affect them. I think it's going to affect them in a way that they don't even think it's going to affect them because a lot of people you know what what. Like like one guy in Detroit, the senator said his wife, and I'm sorry, the senator in Michigan, I can't remember his name. His wife was when they said if she had the baby, she was going to die, and she could not abort, and she died from it. She died from it, and he tells that story all the time. You know, hey, you look if you are if your child is going to 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 uh, kill the wife. Or if you've been raped, or if you have incest, you know, hey man, why is that an issue? Why why is there an issue with it? I don't care, man. Who who wants to be faced with that for the rest of their lives? So 
Yeah, I think I think once once they do what they're doing, then yeah, it, it'll cost them. It'll cost them dearly. And I hope they keep it well, up. I really do. Well, okay. Well, you, you, I don't know. I, I'm I'm on the fence with this one because I think, like anything, people say, "Oh my God, you know, this is the one that's really going to do it." To me, if the killing of babies didn't change Republicans' attitudes when it came when it when it, when it comes to you know gun laws, nothing will, as far as I'm concerned. I, I just don't see when Sandy Hook happened. Everyone thought. Think about how many senators are having illegal babies that have abortions. Come on. Yeah, if but I, I just, time, man, I don't, I don't know, bro. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you that if the killing of babies, the most innocent, precious lives, and let's, you know, let's just be honest, white babies, and they still didn't change their mind behind gun control, I, I just don't know what will. I don't know what to do. I, I just think that this is something that's going to be in the moment now. You know, I guess people talk about Democrats having a message. Maybe they can run on this, but then folks may accuse them of politicizing the process. But this is a real thing because, you know, if we're talking about them reversing, you know, uh, abortions, they can go back and there are some states where it's still in the books where it's illegal for two people of the opposite uh, race to marry. I mean, where are we going with this? Right? That can happen. And these three. And who you marry. And these three justices that that Trump appointed, all three of them lied during their freaking test, during their uh, during their Senate confirmation hearings. All three of them said that Roe versus Wade is precedent, and they're not there to overturn that. But as soon as they get the first opportunity, guess what they do? They're liars. This is why I've always said people are people. There's no way they should have a lifetime appointment. We are not these people that just they're guys. They're just like anyone else. We talked about Clarence Thomas a few weeks ago, how he he was the only no vote when it came to exposing information during the Trump presidency. And the reason for that, come on, one plus one is two all day and even twice on Sunday that his wife was in communications with the press ex-president's chief of staff. And he's the only no vote. Coincidental? I think not, Watson. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I think it's a farce for these people to continue to sit on the Supreme Court. And there are no rules in place. Once again, the founding fathers didn't think that you would have these type of individuals sitting on the court. The fact that Brett Kavanaugh got uh, confirmed after these accusations, I'm still baffled behind that. And and yeah. Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, well, it's very troubling that that uh, they they would you know lie like this, but yet and still there's going to be a bill put forth next week on the Senate. A vote's going to be held, and those two are going to be no to that vote. So so a Republican is a Republican. Stop thinking that they're your friends. If you have mm-hmm. a certain political philosophy, and yeah, every now and then they may you may get the thumbs down from a uh, you know from a Senator McCain, but they still Republicans. They still going to vote with you know ninety five percent of the time with Republican values and Republican you know uh, you know bills and stuff like that. So you know stop thinking that they're your friends. 
If you are a true liberal, then guess what? They'll never be your friend. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And they talk about big government. Well, conservatives, we want small government. But wait a minute. You correct me if I'm wrong. You want small government, but you still want government to tell you what to do with your body? Mm-hmm. So are we saying yeah. women are second class citizens again? Is that what we're? Is that's this is exactly, where we're going? That's exactly what they're saying. Come on, man. That's exactly what they're saying. Come on. And y'all about to put these fools back in office? But it's a man's world. James Brown made a song about it. It's a man's world. Mm. You know. And at the end of the day, men are going to be men, and they're going to make decisions because they feel that they have the ability and the right to do it. And then you have some of these Republican women, you know, you remember those rallies, women for Trump. Oh, this is locker like room mm-hmm. talk. You know, the boys being boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It, it really and truly is ridiculous when you listen to some of this nonsense that goes back and forth, Mr. Elias. Yeah. It, it, it is definitely ridiculous. And it's going to keep being ridiculous because of the fact that these people are they're hypocrites, man. That they'll 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 say one thing and do another one. Like the the the, the fact that they won't vote for any bills that help their their congressional districts, and 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 they'll go as soon as the money's passed to help the districts. They goes like, look what we've done. Yeah, why don't you just be honest about it and be true to yourself and say I didn't vote for it. Don't like it. See, and, that's and the voters' fault. That's the district and say it. Mm-hmm. That's the voters' yeah. fault. And to me, that's yeah. voters' fault. Because you're talking about how, you know, during President Obama's uh, two terms in office, you know, especially that first year when they was passing the stimulus stuff and they were trying to really get this economy back on board, you had Republicans in the chambers fighting for this. Oh, we're just spending money, blah, 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 blah. But then as time went on, you saw letters from Republican members of Congress to the Obama administration. Hey, can you please send a portion of this uh, stimulus package to this particular district? Or you saw them standing there with the big checks uh, saying, posing for pictures, but yet they went and voted against it. Go back and look at Benghazi. You know, they sit there and drilled, grilled uh, Hillary Clinton on all that. They didn't have security in place. But once again, and you've heard me say this on this show a thousand times, but guess what? They were the ones that voted to not fund additional security for all the embassies. But then they're the first ones running out there saying, oh, my God, you know, you guys didn't do what you're supposed to do. Look at Ukraine. They're blaming the Biden administration for moving too slow to get information to to Ukraine when their freaking president was saying, hey, we're not going to give you nothing unless you give us stuff on on, on Hunter Biden. Mm -hmm. I mean, the hypocrisy of this stuff, it's mind-blowing to me. It's it's mind-blowing to me. He Wave made a song about it. Mind blowing decisions, mm-hmm. Mr. Elias. It's it's crazy. Sure. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nuts. It is nuts, nuts, nuts. Wow. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to get into, man. Jesus three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number. It is Kavina time now. Will Smith slapped the hell out of Chris Chris Rock on the stage, and we had another situation that happened over the weekend with Dave Chappelle. Going to take a closer look at that. It's Kavina time in four minutes or less. Something that you need to know. 
It's the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. <laughs> My father, who was a comedian, used to advise me when I was in a school play, don't worry if the audience walks out on you, just if they start coming toward you. In March, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock before an audience of millions at the Oscars after Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, his wife. And this week, Dave Chappelle was tackled on stage at the Hollywood Bowl by a man with a knife inside a replica gun. Security guards chased down the attacker and pulled him off stage. The Los Angeles City Attorney's Office has filed charges. Dave Chappelle's been criticized for transphobic jokes in his stand-up sets and Netflix specials. Return to that theme after the Hollywood Bowl incident, joking that his attacker was a trans man. Chris Rock also happened to be on the bill and came on stage when the assailant had been subdued to ask, Is that Will Smith? Other comedians are watching and worrying. My first reaction when I saw Dave attack was, here we go again, said Curtis Shaw Flagg, who runs Chicago's Laugh Factory. My second reaction was, nobody's safe. Mr. Flagg says there's been a recent increase in people trying to charge the stage at his club. He's hired more security, but knows that's hard for smaller clubs, which are staffed mostly by young part-time servers. You have to give comics the opportunity to try and fail, he said. Not every joke's going to work. Someone's always going to be offended. Comedy can often challenge our views or cement them. Jokes can make us grimace and squirm as we laugh or don't. These days, anyone who objects to a routine can tweet a response, put a little scowling face on Facebook, or post a 5,000-word essay on media. People in an audience can boo or just walk out without committing assault. Matt Walsh, the comic actor and founding member of the Upright Citizens Brigade, told us, even when Romans watched martyrs battle lions, they didn't jump in the arena to slap or stab the Christians for poor combat technique. If they were bored, they would leave early and tell their friends to meet up later at the vomitorium. Or as Cicero once wrote, just shut your mouth and watch the show. I'm not sure about his history, but I get the joke. NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance at living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best. Speaking of racist behavior, a black Tennessee mayor declares April as Confederate History Month. A black, I'm going to read that again. A black Tennessee mayor declares April as Confederate History Month. We're going backwards. Going backwards. Mayor Livingston, uh, Tennessee Mayor Courtesy Hayes signed a proclamation surrounded by members of the Sun's of Confederate veterans. Y'all see this? My goodness. Here's a caption that accompanied the photo. A contingent of compatriots with sons of veterans 
Myers, Zolkoffer, Camp 1990, recently met with Livingston Mayor Curtis, Curtis Hayes for a signing of a proclamation designating April 2022 as Confederate History Month in the town of Livingston and urging all citizens to avail themselves of the opportunities to increase their knowledge of this important era of Tennessee's history. <laughs> Welcome back in three four seven eight five oh one seven two. It's the serious side of the J Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio. It's best. Forty eight minutes after the hour, happy Mother's Day to all those beautiful women out there. Uh, well, I don't know what to say about this one, uh, but I tell you what, I'm going to bring up some points that folks may disagree with me on this one. But Mr. Elias, let, let me just get your thoughts. Uh, just. What you thinking, brother? Here's a black mayor in the Tennessee town says that April is Confederate month and we should acknowledge that. And there's a picture of him standing with the sons of the Confederate, I guess, ancestors or not ancestors, but maybe, you know, people that have, uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, what do you think, bro? Um, my thoughts are, man, all, like I said, all folks and folks, brother. Look, you know, look at Clarence Tom. He, he wanted to get rid of, um, uh, what is it, uh, that helped him get, get into the place he was at. Can't remember, I always say what? the name of it. He, Clarence what Thomas, he wanted to get rid of uh, uh, what employment, you can help black folks get jobs because they, they other people. Affirmative action? Affirmative action, yes. He, he said it, it never helped him, never done anything for him. He wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. So, you know, these are the same Negroes that if, if, if a lot of these things weren't in place, wouldn't have the opportunities that they have. You know, we got it's a guy that's running in, in Illinois. His name is, uh, I don't even want to know, it, it's a brother that's running there. He's, he's the mayor of uh, Aurora, and I don't even want to mention his name. But this dude, you could swear that he's white by the way he's talking. All lives matter, not only the black lives, but a few months ago, he was saying Black Lives Matter, and he's on tape saying this stuff. And, it's, and you know, they, they're playing the game to get into power, man. This is what they do, and this is what this guy's doing. He's playing, he, he, you know, he, he, he's, he's the Uncle Tom. He's, he's Uncle Tom. Let's call it what it is. He's Uncle Don't Tom. Play that. I'm, I'm going to play that was Abbott. Okay, he's Uncle Tom. And anytime you're talking about Confederacy, he's Uncle Tom. I don't care how you look at it. You can okay. play right. the most devil advocate you want to play. Okay, well, let me do it. Here, here we go. Okay, let me let me do it. Okay, so 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 here's the deal. We talk about how schools are banning critical race theory, right? We're saying that white folks don't want to face the reality of what role their ancestors played uh, during uh, the most at a dark time in this nation's history, which to me is is to me is the worst stain in American history: slavery. So how can we say, are we being any different when we say, okay, because we don't like the history, why should we not learn about the history? So, so are we saying, well, that's, but that's what the guy is saying. He's saying, look, this is Confederate month. We need to learn about the Confederacy and understand 
you know, well, listen, you're laughing, but I'm just saying, I'm playing devil's. First of all, let me say this, because usually when I do things like this, people, I can't believe you, Jay. Listen, I'm on y'all's team when it comes to this. But I'm trying to look at it through a different lens, an unbiased lens. So here's a brother that's the mayor of a city in Tennessee saying, look, you know, we need to, we're going to mark this month as Confederate History Month that this is a part of our state's history, whether you like it or not. And so so I guess you think because they're saying it's Confederate History Month that they're looking at this thing favorably, or is it a situation where they're saying we just need to make sure we're paying attention to what happened during that dark time in history, learn about the Confederacy? Is it, how's that any different than us telling white folks, look, you need to look at what happened with uh, – with what y'all did to us, you know, during slavery. Is it is there a difference? Yes. And I'm just playing devil's yes, advocate. There's a big difference. Okay. How? It's not a celebration. Have a Nazi's month. Huh? But wait a minute. So you're saying it's a celebration. That's what I'm asking you. So do you think by them acknowledging that it's Confederate History Month, you're saying that they're celebrating it like we celebrate Black History Month? Yes. Okay, I'm just asking. The Confederates, these are the same cats that that, that, that y'all inject. They put you in slavery. You're celebrating slavery? No. You can learn about it, but you ain't got to celebrate it. You don't have to celebrate it. You can learn about it. You you don't have to make it a a month where you celebrate. Black History Month, that's that's, that's designed for us to learn about our history. But you should be learning about black history. Every day, any day, because every time you go out, uh, you go out in the street. But, but, but isn't that what they're that saying? The black inventor invented that stuff, huh? But aren't aren't they I'm saying sorry? the same thing that this month? Okay, we're going to set aside a month so you can learn about the Confederate history, even though it's a dark history. You still need to be aware of it. So is it a seller? So when you, so once again, my question to you, and you just answered it. Basically, by them saying it's Confederate. History Month, you're saying that they're celebrating the Confederacy instead of encouraging its citizens to go out and learn about uh, the con- you know about the Confederacy and you know what role it played in American history. Don't we celebrate? Don't they say celebrate Black History? Well, they didn't say celebrate. He didn't. That's what I'm saying. He didn't say celebrate. They didn't say celebrate. That's what I'm trying to find out from you. I'm trying to figure out where your views are on this. My my views are no. I'm not. I'm not going to dedicate a month to uh, to you know somebody that was hanging me. That somebody that enslaved me. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm, I'm surely not going to do that. Oh uh, no, no thank you. I'm not doing that. Just like the just like the uh, Germany don't 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 uh, uh, have a month dedicated, but they still know about their history. They still know about their history. Uh, what? Of what the Nazis did to the Jews, they still know about. It. So no, I don't agree with it at all. No, thank you. Please put it away. Well, what do you? Well, okay. Well, listen. You have the right not to agree with anything. I'm just saying that. Mm-hmm. Do you look at this thing now? Keep in mind about this particular black uh, mayor. His name is Curtis Hayes. He's a recipient. He's a recipient of the NAACP Diversity Award. So, once again, are we saying that he is he celebrating it, or is it a situation where he's saying, look, you need to acknowledge what's going on? 
So so it's like a okay. So if we're saying it's a commemoration of history of the Confederacy, then you know I, I think maybe you're right. We should be look for me personally. I think it's nonsense. I think it's cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Me personally, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, but yes. looking at it, well, you know, especially a black dude, a mayor, a black mayor. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I can't understand why. Um, well, let's see. He says, "Growing up here helps me understand our ways, our needs, and our and our special place. I will always try to do what's best for the people, and that's why I have a people's first open door policy at the city." Um, I I don't even know how to respond to that. I, you know, I I don't know how to respond to it because it's something that's so shameful. And when you think about, like you said, the Confederacy, what it represents, but maybe he – okay, so let me ask you this. Do you agree that we need to understand the history of the Confederacy? Is that a yes or a no for you? Yes. You, you need to know. If you don't, so if then, you don't, okay. if you don't study history, you don't, you're not doing everything. Yes. Okay, I so mean, as a mayor – okay, so here we go. So as a mayor of a town in Tennessee, if you were the mayor – and you wanted to make sure that your constituents understood and learned about the history of the Confederacy, what would you do knowing that you have people in that city who probably voted for you, uh, who are, who have his, you know, look, they have, they are descendants from the ancestors. So how, how do you please your constituency by acknowledging, well, let me just take away all that. What would you do? How would you, if you were the mayor, how would you confront this situation? I wouldn't ban books in schools so that you would know. That ain't the question. That's, that's a big That's part. not the question. No, it's not because they're not banning Confederate uh, books in, in, in that oh, town. They are in Tennessee. Uh, in Tennessee they're not. Oh, my God. I'm talking about the Confederacy. I'm not talking about uh, what you're talking I'm not talking about critical race theory, Mr. Elias. You, you, you're mixing the punch. I'm asking uh, you if you were the mayor of Livingston, Tennessee, yeah, and some I mean, of your constituents said little, to you, so, let me, oh, no, no, let me finish. If, you're, if some of your constituents came to you and said, hey, you know, this town, and I don't know the history, I'm just making this up as I go. This town was critical during the Civil War. It has a history. What we need to learn more about the Confederacy. So, how, you, how would you do that as mayor? That's all I'm asking you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. That's on you to learn. Well, what makes you any different than? Okay, so what makes you? Okay, so you're no different than. I would not open up a a month for you to have a confederacy. You're no different than. You can learn about. No different than what? You're no different than the people that's saying you're you're no different than the people who are banning books about critical race theory. How am I no different? I'm not stopping. You're no different because you're saying, okay, so what are you going to do? But I'm not going to dedicate a month to it either. So I'm asking you, what would you do? What would you do? I would not dedicate a month to it. That's for sure. It's on you. Okay, you're telling me what you won't do. I'm asking you, what would you do? I got that. I wouldn't do anything about it. That's what I'm telling you. So then how are you any different than the people? Oh, because I'm not banning you from learning about it. That's why. You can learn about it. I'm just not going to dedicate a month to it. That's what I'm saying to you. 
These people are banning books so that you cannot learn about it. I'm saying if that's what you want to do, by all means, learn about it. But what these people I'm are saying, what there's a month to it. What these people are saying is is that if you want to learn, what they're saying is the status, what these people are saying, and once again, here's my disclaimer, I do not believe in this, so don't be sending me no crazy messages. I'm just trying to argue the other side. Now, what I'm saying is they're saying, well, look, critical race theory, right? So, you know, we're not saying that you can't learn about it. You're just not going to learn about it in public. uh, You're not going to learn about it in state-sponsored schools. I just, I just said, don't ban the books. And you just said I was wrong for saying that. I, I, no, I did not say that. I don't put words in my mouth. Bull, I did not say bull. that. You said no. You no, I did not I say said, that. I said, I said I would be. I, I said, said what makes you any different? What makes you I said any I would different? Ban the books about the Confederacy. I would not ban you the books. You just said you that just now. What's the difference? I just said that earlier, and you said no. That's not that. That's no, not I thought. Okay, well, I oh, well, well, let me let me let me say this. Let me say this. I thought you were talking about. I wouldn't stop banning books. I thought you were talking about critical race theory. My bad. Nope. So, I so I wouldn't ban no books. That's what I would. You said, what would I do? To that would be your solution. About it? I said I wouldn't ban any books. That's exactly what I said. So, so, that so, if you good. had a teacher, what, what, what? So, if you had a teacher that was like the son of you know of the Confederacy teaching black kids about how important the Confederacy was in the United States history and teaching them that the Confederacy wasn't all that bad. You wouldn't have a problem with that? Well, I would have a problem with it because it, it, he's not telling them the truth. He is not telling them the truth. He's not teaching them the bad truth. I would have a definite, definitely have a problem with that. you got to teach the truth and tell them what the Confederacy was doing to us. That, that's what I would want. I want you to teach the truth. Now, now, if you teach me the truth, I'm cool with it. But if you're lying and telling me it wasn't that bad, slavery wasn't that bad, and, you know, it wasn't this, and, you, got, you know, all this other stuff, no. I, I'm, not, I'm not for that. No, don't, don't jump off a bridge there. I'm sorry. Because you're not teaching the truth. Teach the truth. Wow, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Okay, so, you know, listen, first of all, I think it's just, preposterous I, I i'm just i'm floored by it to be honest with you and once again learning that this person was a recipient of the naacp's uh diversity award uh in his mind he think he's doing the right thing um i guess who's to say he's wrong you know you know everyone, all of us have opinions so, you know, maybe his opinion is we need to, you know, look, uh, and I don't know what the percentages are, but I'm trying to think that is there any circumstance that I would say, okay, let's go ahead because it's a part of what we do. This is a part of our history. Let's have a month to, you know, well, I can't even say the word because to me when you say you, you're going to commem- commemorate something, that means that you're celebrating it as far as I'm celebrating, concerned. Celebrating, yes. And and to me, there's no reason why you should be celebrating anything like that, at all. But what's the but what's, what's the right answer? Because then you can have people. You know, I was reading an article uh, a few years back about it was a lady. She was a member of the Daughters of the Confederacy, um, and you know, one of her best friends were, was a black woman, and and her comments were. You know, that's my history. Whether I like it or not, it's my history. I have to celebrate my history, but I'm not a racist. 
And, you know, and as, as far as when you read the story, but when you read the story, I mean, it's like, it seems like any, she's like most white folks that I hang around with, you know, they, they, you know, listen, man, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't see black, they just see Jay. And, you know, we celebrate and have a good time and we're friendly and, you know, we do all these different things, <clears throat> but her background and her history, you know, I mean, she's, uh, She's a descendant of of, uh, of that whole that, that whole lifestyle. She doesn't she doesn't, doesn't embrace it. I get it. It's, 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 it's a fickle. It. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's crazy she though, right? Slavery. She's celebrating so, enslaving people. That's that's a great celebration. You're celebrating enslaving people. I can't win with you, dude. I well, I mean, hey, I don't know, man. I, you know, listen. Sometimes people come up with these quirky reasons why they do things, and you know, I I can't explain it. I, I really can't. I, I you know, I can't explain it because I'm looking at it through the lens of a black man. Uh, but <laughs> I you know, hey, man, you, you you can do what you want to with that one, but hell, if you celebrate. Like like the guys at work, I call I call my guy like I see him. And one guy told me the other day, he said, you don't like me because of my skin color. I said, no, I don't like you because you're ass. That's the reason I don't like you. So let's call oh, it. Yeah, <laughs> a white ass, to be honest with you. Uh, this 50 cent. All right. What's up? I'll take a break. It is time for part one of Mariana Music's Corners. Get ready, and uh, we'll continue the show. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, and uh, we really appreciate everything that you do. Take this opportunity to tell your mom how much you love her. And you should be telling her every day, but if not, make sure you do it today. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rowell Show. <laughs>
Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. Well, Jeff, this was a long shot to begin with. Critics of Congresswoman Green using constitutional language written shortly after the Civil War to try to disqualify her as disloyal to the United States. They did get her into a courtroom two weeks ago where Green appeared on a witness stand and answered questions about her support for then-President Trump and her alleged complicity with Trump supporters who attacked the Capitol on the day Congress was due to certify the election of Joe Biden. A judge wrote that Green did not participate in the attack, issued no directives to the attackers, and didn't release any statements of encouragement to the attackers. The court did leave open the option for Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to remove Green from the ballot himself. Late today, Raffensperger issued a statement saying he would do no such thing. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's ten ten. Uh, well, I'm sorry, ten minutes after the hour, depending on where you are. It could be nine ten. It could be uh, seven ten. Who knows? But anyway, uh, welcome in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is Mother's Day, and Miss Les is in the house doing what we do, <clears throat> bringing you the information that uh, I'm pretty sure that you love to get. All right, so uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't really cover this on the show. Uh, she appeared in front of a court. Uh, where there were some of her constituents who were trying to get her removed from the ballot uh, coming up in the fall because they felt that, you know, because according to the Constitution, uh, any it, people who participate in a uh, in, in any type of resurgence or any type of uh, uh, any type of derogatory moves against the government should not allow to be should not be allowed to run for office, and it was a long shot and. You know, a judge uh, said it would be up to the state, and the state said, nope, we're going to keep on the ballot. So, you know, there are so many of these uh, resurrectionists, Mr. Elias, who are running for office in all these different states, talking about election officials. So they're running for these positions. And these are the folks who determine whether or not, elect, you know, they're involved with election, election results. And so there are a lot of these Looney Tunes mm-hmm. folks who are running for these offices, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are we at a point in American history where our democracy is in serious danger? And there's a possibility that we can lose democracy. Is, or is this a situation? I saw something the other day. And a guy sent me a message on Facebook. He says, I know you have a show. He says, but throw this out there and see if people will, uh, you know, 
jump to this, see what type of reaction you would get from this. And this is a white guy. He said, this is, he said, this is nothing more than white people realizing that they will no longer be the majority. And so they're trying to put things in place to make sure that they still have ruling power over the rest of us. He said, let's see what type of uh, responses you get from that. I said, oof. So there it is. I did what he asked me to do. Sponsor. I would have to agree with him. I would have to agree with him. Why Why are they changing the rules? Why are we uh, claiming that there was so much voter fraud when there was not? So that so that they, so that they could change the rules and they can keep they can keep the power. And that's that's what that's exactly what they're doing. And right now our democracy is in peril. We are in trouble. Right now they they have put it to the point where the young lady got mad at me that one time I said if Barack Obama ran that he wouldn't win. It wasn't because he didn't wouldn't get the votes. It was because they would take the election away from them. And that's just that's the the, the honest to God truth. This is what they're doing. They are snatching our democracy from our, out from a fund us, and then you have people like people I know talking about, well, I made more money when Trump was in office. Yeah, I bet you did because Trump was running on the Obama administration's uh, coattail. Now, now that Biden's running on the uh, Trump coattail, look what happens. Look what happens. So let's call it what it is, man. Let's call this thing what it is. They are trying to stop us from voting. And if they can take our voting rights away, they're going to do it. And if they can stop us from saying, okay, this person won the election by a landslide. And I keep hearing these announcers on TV, keep, and it, it bugs the hell out of me. Uh, they say, well, we got to try and get the Trump voters back to the, the Obama administration side. No, you don't. What you need to do is get all those voters. Stacey Abrams showed us the way to do things. What the Democratic Party needs to do is go out to each state that where those voters are not voting, you go in there and you explain to how these people how important the vote is. Because that's what Stacey Abrams did to turn Georgia. That's what we need to do. Because there's, there's many more people that did not vote in the election with Joe Biden than there is that voted for Trump. So that's what you need to do. You need to go to the rural areas and explain to them what these people are not voting for. You need to go to uh, the ghettos. You need to talk to these people in the ghettos and to explain to them how important their vote is. It's yeah, not going to work. Know, how do you know unless you try? How do you know unless you try? Yeah, well, because they've been trying for years. It still hasn't worked. Yeah. Barack Obama talked. Huh? I've yet to see a politician go into a ghetto and talk to people. Yet to see it. Oh, they do it all the time. But Davis, Barack Obama. How did St. Davis turn Georgia? I'm okay, but sure let me ask you this. Okay, you, you, you say that. You say that. But guess what? Herschel Walker is beating Raphael. Uh, what's his name? Raphael. I can't think of his last name. Warnock. Warnock. That's his name. Warnock. He's beating him. Herschel Walker, a guy who beat the heck out of his wife. I mean, a guy who is just crazy. And he's leading right now. So, I mean, you know, leading, here's what you – yeah, well, that's the boy. Okay, fine. I hear you. People can sit here and discredit the polls all you want to. Yeah, you can discredit the polls all you want to, Mr. Elias, but some of those polls are right. You can act like they're not, but they are. And here's the thing. Did the polls say Trump was going to win Georgia too? No, they did not. They said that – oh, I, I, I beg a difference. But they, 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 they said that he was going to win Georgia. Not, 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 not the polls I saw. Okay. 
Okay. Go back and look it up. And they also said that the uh, the other two, Warnock and the other guy wasn't going to win either. Mm-hmm. They had that too, didn't they? No, no. They both had that too. No. They didn't? What? They had Warnock winning? What did you say? They had Warnock and uh, the other guy winning? Uh, they had uh, the other guy. They 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 had him in a title race. They did have Warnock winning, but they had the other guy in the title race. Trump is the reason why a lot of people feel Trump is the reason why Georgia that they lost Georgia was because of Trump. They said Trump had Trump not gotten involved and kept running his mouth, that more than likely he could have pulled that state out. But Trump was the one that you know a lot of people blame Trump. A lot of Republicans blame Trump for losing Georgia. So. No, I I don't think it's going to work. Listen, until you stop hearing from African Americans saying things like, "Well, my vote don't count anyway," you know, you're, you're listen. Everyone knows that when you're piling uphill on a bike, you have to exert more energy to face the headwinds and the incline. Right? It's not like you know rolling down just a a, a straight and narrow road, right? A flat surface. So when they put things in place, not only are you facing headwinds, you're facing the headwinds of gerrymandering. So that means that we really and truly have to overperform to even, you know, be on the even kill. And we know that that's not going to happen. There are a lot of African-Americans that don't vote, and they feel that their vote's not going to count. I heard from people here in Texas tell me, well, you know, Barack Obama's not going to win Texas, so why am I voting? And once again, you've heard me say this a thousand times on this show. You know, how can you win all of the the biggest cities in the state of Texas and still lose the state? You know why? Because, once again, they're playing chess, not checkers, Mr. LES. Right? I still, I still say that if you got enough people that are not voting, you go out after them, Stacey Abrams turn, she turned Georgia. You know, you can sit there and argue that fact all you want to. She turned Georgia. She definitely turned Georgia. If you explain these people how important, and she was, she didn't just do it. She didn't just do it for one term. She stayed on those people, and those people came out to vote. And they stood in line for hours, hours on top of hours because they knew how important it was. You got to explain to your people how important voting is. And you don't think they're not doing that? that? See, that's what kills me when people say things like that. What, Repu- what Democrats are not, their messaging is wrong. Every time I – listen, if I want it to find wrong. the information, I can find – what? It's wrong. It's Dude. wrong. It's wrong all day, every day. You know, you, you watch news. You keep talking about how you hear it. I watch the news cycle 24 hours a day. Of course you're going to hear it. What about the people who don't watch it? There you go. Okay, so then what's the solution? So you can't say, listen, we you we did a story uh, two years ago, Mr. Elias. Stop it. They, they don't go into the ghetto. They don't go into right. the ghetto and talk to these people. You don't let you don't let the people know how important that like black folks don't even do the census. Why? Because they're gonna they ain't gonna count me on that. You know why? Because they don't want to be counted because they have been taught a long time ago. We've been conditioned from years ago that the census is bad. We've con- been conditioned that my vote... So you think some visits from a politician is going to change that? So do you think you some visits from a politician is going to change that? Come on, man, you just said it. You, you just contradicted yourself. I think, 
I think, I oh. think, I think if you go into the ghettos and you talk to these people, it happened in Georgia. You're telling me it's not going to happen, but it happened in it Georgia. It happened in Georgia. Mr. Yes, Elias, that was a combination. That was a, that's a combination of yeah. Listen, Stacy, Stacy Abrams really got out there and got the vote. There's no doubt about that. But let's keep in mind that first of all, majority of that vote are black women, which always are leading the way when it comes to that type of stuff. And the fact that, and then Trump himself really helped push Georgia over the edge. He was, oh no, I can't. Look, we had a historical election for the 2020 uh, presidential campaign. Historical. People came out in droves because of they didn't want Donald Trump to be back in office. So think about how much, think about the amount of votes that people voted for Biden versus Trump. And he was still competitive in a lot of ways. Come on, man. You you have to overperform. But we can't sit here and stop, you know, blaming. You can't blame a party. You got to blame people. You have to blame folks. How do you overperform? You go out to these people and you talk to them. That's what happens with rural votes. So who's talking? Okay, so let me ask you this then. Do not, because they said the Democrats won't come out and talk to them. This is what okay. Happened. So, 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 you sound like those same people that say, "Well, I'm not really sure if I'm going." You know, I, I heard people, uh, you know, up to the 2020 election saying, "Well, Joe Biden is not really reaching out to us, so I don't know if I'm going to vote for him." So, wait a minute. So, you're not going to vote for him because he's not really reaching to you, but you don't let the other guy stay in office because a vote, if you don't vote for him, is a vote for the other guy. Stop with the stupidity. Stop you know, it. A lot of people don't a lot a lot of people really don't oh, even stop. understand that they say my vote don't count. That's what you know that's well, why okay, so, saying, okay, so you let me ask you something. Don't count, there it is. You just explain Let me ask you something then. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So if a person is telling me, because I'm talking to them all the time, saying my vote don't count. So it don't matter what you say, whose fault is that? Is it the messenger's fault? Or is it the person that's not going to vote? Whose ultimate responsibility is for you to participate in the democratic process? Because somebody don't come talk to you, not gonna go vote. Are you nuts? Hey, hey, look, look. A lot of people have not been explained. To to, my my mother drilled inside my head how how important it was to vote, and I couldn't live in our house at 18 years old if I did not vote. My mother explained that to me. And my father did the same thing. And you don't think that these people are not voting, nobody explained that to them. And you think these people are not voting, nobody. I I got a partner whose son will not, uh, that ain't voted because his parents don't discuss politics with them. Sure. Yeah, but you do. Because you already told me about that. A lot of people have. You talk to them. Yeah, but you talk to that guy. No, no, no. Go go, go, Okay, so did did he go vote? Because remember, you told me, we talked about this. So you talking to him? Did it work? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't ask him. You don't. I told him how important you know. the vote was. I explained. Okay, but he didn't I go vote. Not. I don't know if he voted or not. Well, you know he didn't go vote. Stop. You told me he didn't vote. I don't know if he did or not. You know? Okay. You know, you got, hell, you got a cousin that won't vote. Now, what's Thank you. Excuse? And I talked. Well, you know what? His excuse is... There's no excuse. That's my point. You're proving my point. I talked to this guy till my lips fall off, and he still won't go vote. So it doesn't matter. You can talk. Listen, the ultimate responsibility. Dude, the ultimate responsibility. If you don't reach one, you can reach another one. If you can reach another one. 
You, 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 if you don't reach one, you can reach another one. You need to go to places where that, that's where you're wrong at. You are wrong on every every account because you need to reach okay. these people that are not voted. There's a proven fact. If you got a blueprint laid out for you and you don't follow it, that's your fault. Now, Stacey Abrams did it. How did Stacey Abrams do it? She didn't just do it one time and walk away from it. She did it over years and years and years to try to get these people out to vote, and it works. And for you to sit there and say, I don't work. So explain to me, explain to me why we're not calling her Governor Stacey Abrams. If 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 what your philosophy works, she lost. Because he cheated in the election. Oh, there it is. There it is. You know why we're not calling her Governor? Because the guy that was was running the election took votes away off the voting roll. Otherwise, she would have won. So so in other words... what? So in other words, other words so in other words, other words, you have what? to overperform to do what? To overcome what the roadblocks that are put in place. She okay. overperformed, and the guy took away her votes from her. She overperformed, okay. and the guy, okay. the guy that was in office was the state attorney or whatever he was, and took away the votes from her. Well, it was Kim. Kim was the gov- the government official. He yeah. was the election official, and he took away votes from her. He took our votes away by saying, oh, that person's signature didn't match. And he did that over 500,000 times, Jay. She overperformed. Oh, no, there it is, okay. right there in your face. And, 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 and it ain't my face because it said, but it just goes to it just goes to show you that that we have to. And I just said at the beginning of this whole back and forth between you and I, I said, listen, you can say what you want to say, but it ain't gonna work because they have too many things in place to stop it from happening. It and the only way it's it going to change is if people realize what their civic responsibilities are and get out and vote. That's how it's going to be did. overturned. They realize no, they what their did civic not. responsibilities did. They did. They got okay. out and vote. And if he hadn't took them okay. votes away from her because he was an elected official, she would have okay. been called the governor. Come okay. on. He, he took the no. votes away from her. Well, sir. He took 500,000 votes away from her. Stop. You know, sir, we're going to have to use that famous line. We're going to have to agree to disagree. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. Twenty six minutes after the hour. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. As you continue to listen to the love fest between Mister Me and Mister Elias. All right, part two of Marietta Music Scorn is coming up. We'll be right back after that. Enjoy your day, moms, and uh, shut up. We'll talk on the other side. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. All those boys are much too much.
Back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Thank you so much for doing what you do, giving life to those who are walking this earth. Mothers are, tell you what, boy, they are special, 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 special. So go give your mother a kiss today. Give her a hug if you are married. Give your wife a kiss and hug. Slap her on the booty every now and then. Let her know you love her. And make sure you take care of on this special day. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Thirty one minutes after wow. the hour, it's time to say good morning. What, what? What? You don't think uh, your wife won't appreciate a little slap on the boo boo on Mother's Day? Bam! Love your baby. Happy Mother's Day. That's what I'm talking about. Me and Miss Elias in the house holding it down. Miss Elias, man, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. And mwah, good morning, Nessa. Mwah. Good morning, with sister. Good morning, Mama B. 
Uh, good morning, Catherine Williams. Uh, good morning, Mariana Music. And Mariana Music, that first song that that played was by uh, Simone, and it was called Ball Out. And the last song that played was by Erica D. Cassier, and it was called Do My Thing. And good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Still is. Can we sit holes people in the chat room? You don't mind, sir. Uh, we got uh, Corvina man in there with us. What's up, Corvina man? Wish your mom happy Mother's Day if she's still here, and if even if she's not, you know, just uh, you know, think about your mom in a good way. Once again, we ask you guys at this opportunity on this day to think about all the good things that are going on in your life and, you know, precious memories of your mom, whether she's still with us or not. Uh, just make sure you celebrate this day. This is a wonderful, 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 wonderful day. And, uh, you know, just be thankful that, um, that you know, you've had a mother and you still do have a mom. You know, now I'm up here trying to start, you know, every now and then at this time of the show, I start trying to pull... I, you know, doing a commercial break, I grabbed go to these social media sites and pull this information in. And someone said it's, I was going to say something during the abortion part of the show that was going to take women off, but I never said it. And they're right, I didn't, uh, because we ran out of time. Um, but, you know, maybe, i tell you what, if we have time, I'll bring it up and um, and, and really get you, you guys' opinion on it. Um, because, yeah, I'll bring it up. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little later on. Hopefully, we'll get time. Let's get into our next topic. Online radio at its best. We are here to debate aid to the people of Ukraine defending themselves against a massive invasion by Vladimir Putin and his army. Then, the minority puts up the distinguished general lady from Georgia who does not mention Ukraine once. She does not mention the thousands of Ukrainian civilians who've been slaughtered by Putin's army. She does not mention more than 100 Ukrainian children who've been shot and killed by the Ukrainian army. Instead, she talks about a massive invasion at the border, a massive invasion which their own speakers have said today hundreds of thousands of people have been apprehended in. That's very different from a military invasion. The one in Ukraine, of course, the general lady is not going to talk about that. She had a lot to say the other day when she heckled me continuously. When I came to the floor, it was like the Rocky Horror Picture Show in here with her chanting about the Russia hoax and Russia this and Russia that. Now she had the opportunity to tell the world what her views about Russia are. I put them out there, exactly what she has said. She said that the aid that the taxpayers of America are sending to the people of Ukraine to defend themselves against Vladimir Putin and the Russian army falls into the hands of Nazis. I want to see her proof. Where's her evidence? She talks about NATO Nazis. Does my minority believe that our allies in NATO who are trying to defend the people of Ukraine are Nazis? Has it come to this? General Lady talked about a massive invasion. We had a massive invasion of our own chamber. And she continued to be a cheerleader for the insurrection and deny what happened here. Mr. Speaker, I'd like those words to be taken down. At the end there, that was a Republican calling to take down Jamie Raskin's remarks and not that of their own Marjorie Taylor Greene.
<laughs> you know, I, I feel for people in Congress. I really do. And, and I say this, and I'm not, and I guess I'm saying it with a little bit of sarcasm. But the fact that they have to be wondering, how the hell does someone like this get elected to office? How the hell can someone come in and just say, say the hell with the decor of uh, with decorum when it comes to how you're supposed to act in the chambers? You know, he was talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she attended a rally with white separatists. She hangs out with Matt Gates, who, you know, here's the thing I don't understand about that. That guy is accused of having sex with underage girls, but yet he is still running around free as a bird in America. And I'm like, what are they going to do? You, you, you think the reason why the American people don't respect the judicial system is because of things like this. Now, let one of us be accused of doing something like that. Man, they'd have us, they'd have us on house arrest. We'd have chain ankles on. This guy's just, you know, just frolicking all over the country of the United States. Nothing's happened to him. People are just ignoring congressional uh, subpoenas. I'm not sure enough. Donald Trump, he's paying he's paying ten thousand dollars a day because he refuses to turn information over to the state of general state attorney's uh, uh, office in New York. It's just another day in America. And you expect people to respect this process when you have these type of shenanigans going on? These are lawmakers breaking the law, thinking that they're above the law. I mean, come on, Mr. Elias, man. Thank you to respect the system when the people that's in the system don't respect it. You can't. You cannot expect that. And that's that's the bad part of it all. Because, you know, she's, she's – <laughs> hey, look, man, this, this all started with the Tea Party. Let's call it what it is. This, this this thing started with the Tea Party and it, and it progressed on from there and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and it, and it's gonna keep getting worse because you know these people don't they 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 think they're above the law you know and and let, let you know let me let me put it like this if Matt Gates had been black and those girls those underage girls had been white where do you think would he be at right now what do you think he'd be at right now. Come on, let's let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. This is this is this is par for the course. He's just, I'm, I can do whatever I want, trying to get away with it, and there's nothing you're gonna be able to do to stop me. Nothing, because I I am who I am. My family has money, and we just gonna just keep doing what I'm gonna do. And this is what it is. Let's call it what it is. They, it's, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene, they all the people, all oh, she's a hero. Yeah, come on, she's not a hero. You can hear people in her, her district. Think that how great she is. I, I would. There, there's no way in the world I would have voted for her at, at, at all. You know, you do your, your due diligence and you do your studying before you vote. That's the. I just did that last week because we had a primary here, and I I did my due diligence and seen who I wanted to put in office. I I studied the people. I wanted to see what their views was online and what they what they talked about, and then that's who I voted for. This is who you gotta. This is what you gotta do. You gotta do. Just don't vote to vote. Vote to vote the people that's got your same interests. It's, it's ridiculous. Wow, it is. It's just thoroughly ridiculous that we put these, but that some people put these people in office. Yeah, 
Donald Trump, how, how did he get in office? How? How did he get in office? He was an embarrassment, but he's in office. Just insane. I well, you know how he got in office. Well, you know how you know how he got in office. I mean, come on, you know how he got in office. And so, you know, you know, once again, we talk about some of these equated systems we have in place. You know, this whole uh, electoral college is nonsense. I mean, it's just a bunch of bull, man. And, and you think about all, you know, this crazy lady, her, and there are quite a few of them that are cuckoo for cuckoo puffs. But once again, they were living in the shadows. But because of Donald Trump, they have, uh, you know, they, they're they're more mainstream now, and it's just crazy when you think about this whole thing. It's just nuts, to be honest with you. So we have a few minutes, and I want to go back to something that I was going to say during the abortion portion of the show, and I know it's going to be controversial, and that's okay. I, I completely get it. I understand it uh, because. You know, the bottom line is is um, uh, when we talk about a woman's right to choose and all these different things, you know, there's a lot to that. Let me uh, bring in my sister, Momo Beezy, and Easy. Good morning, Momo. How are you? And welcome in. Good morning, Mo. Well, she's here. Oh, I was muted. So. I always mute myself. So I'm sorry. Oh. Good morning. How is everybody? Hi, Michelle. Hey, Jay. Good morning, sweetie. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's, Mother's Day, Day to you. Happy Mother's Day. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So you're mine. So anyway, look, 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 okay, I'm all right. Look, I'm kind of cranky, so excuse me. Join the club. What are you cranky about? <laughs> Well, I'm cranky about a lot of things, and since you're here, it'd be interesting to get your your take on this. You know, to me, when we talk about abortion, the bigger, first of all, let me say this as a disclaimer, because I don't want to get in trouble with anybody. I think a woman has the right to choose. I really and truly do. You can't tell people what to do with the body. But here's the part. To me, if there's an argument, Mr. Elias, you can, you can definitely relate to this, is that where where are our rights, right? Like you talked about the situation, and everyone knows about that situation, how you didn't have a say-so in that, right? You didn't have a say-so that, you know, the decision was to abort your child. And you had no say-so whatsoever. And what's the right answer to that? There's no right answer to me. Because you can't, you know, we can't carry babies for nine months. So we're kind of at the discretion of the woman. If she decides she don't want to have the kid, then so be it. We we stuck like Chuck. Right? I mean, so, so am I the only one that sees where there's <laughs> – I don't even know how to say it because to me it's unfair to a certain degree, but it's unfair just on principle. But it's not unfair based on this makes any sense. It's not unfair when you think about how the baby is harvested. I guess that's not a good term to use, but how the baby is created and carried and, you know, and brought into this world. I mean, the mother is the vehicle 
to bring that child into this world. So I guess, like you said, Mr. Elias, we really don't have any say-so when it comes to that type of stuff, right? That's true. I mean, that's, that is her body. I get it. I understood that. That was her body. And, you know, I wasn't financially set to take care of the baby. Neither was she. But what if you were? But and if I was, and that's still her body, Jay. That is I know. her body to do what she wants to with it. You know, I and, yes, and you know, I'm not gonna tell like that's like I don't want nobody to come in and tell me, hey man, you gotta have a let, let them pass a law and say every man gotta have a vasectomy. <laughs> the government's gotta I guarantee you yes, have an outrage. You have an uproar. So all minute. guys gotta have vasectomies at this age and then we'll reverse them at this age. Yeah, but see that's that's to me that's a little different because okay, we well, can't I, have I kids. Like, I, I, Hello? Can anybody hear me? Yes, yes, yes. Mo, okay, ahead. I want to say something, and I just, yes. like, I think I know, um, well, this is what I'm going to say. Look, I'm, I'm trying to think because I know I can't curse, and I'm trying to uh, formulate my thoughts <laughs> before I oh, say oh, please it. please do, please do. Yeah, please do. Thank you. Yeah, please. I am. That's why I'm taking a long time to say what I want to say. But what I want to say is that a lot of people have abortions every day. The kids are getting younger and younger. That's the truth of the matter. They're out there having sex with no protection, and they go on these abortion clinics are making lots and lots and lots of money. They really are. I don't know who pocket is going in, but it's, the fact of the matter is they are, and they're getting younger and younger. People who choose, especially these little girls, some of them want the baby because either they're trying to keep the boyfriend and this and that and all this stupid stuff, and the parents are making them have abortions. Because you shouldn't be out here doing this and that and the third, even though they know the girl don't come home until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. What do you think she's doing? But this is what they, they are being. A lot, of, a lot of our young teenage girls are being forced to have abortions. That's, that's like a second a form of birth control around here nowadays. And it's sad, but it's true. That's the truth. So when you think about it like that, which what it really is, who are you going to blame? You're going to blame the, the mothers that sit there? You going to abortion clinic tomorrow. I bet you you see a lot of teenage girls in there. I bet you that. Either because their parents are making them have one or they don't want their parents to know they messed up and got pregnant or because the boy is like, I, ain't, I, ain't, I don't want to be with you. We're not doing this. You, What you need to do is go get rid of this. And da 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 da. It's hard. That's but, not an easy decision to make for you, little girl. You're right. But can we agree that the female holds the key? We did a show, and this I think this was actually on the Jay Rouse show when we talked about how, and I know we covered it on the serious side a long time ago, how this guy was forced to pay child support because when him and his woman got done having sex, instead of him flushing that condom down. The toilet. He threw it in the in. I mean, he threw it in a trash can. She grabbed it, stuck pins in it, and impregnated herself with it. And he was still forced to pay child support. 
And I'm like, how devious is that? But it just goes to show how men are powerless in this process because we're not the ones no, carrying the kids. No, that, 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 that story, is that yeah, the biggest problem? That, it happened, but that's, is that uh, the biggest problem? Uh, that's a little, yeah, that's little. Ain't that, that's not happening every day. Ain't nobody doing all that. Well, it don't matter whether it's little or big. It's just the fact that my point is, is that they make the calls. That guy has nothing. To, or it was another story we did where a woman put a dude's name on the on the birth certificate. He wasn't even the daddy, but he still had to pay child support because she put his name on there. Well, yeah, that happens a lot. Even men put their own name. They know they're not the the daddy. They still go up there and sign because they think they're gonna be with the girl forever, and then end up two years later they uh, broke stop. up. That, that happens a lot. But that was his choice, like for real. Mm. Well, okay. If, they, if well, you want to change the law about something, you should change the law about that. If you're not really the father, just because you signed the paper, then they should change the law about that part. Yeah, well, but, DNA but says it, it all. Yeah, well, true. But but for me, it's it's one of these situations. Is just a situation that will never be changed. And you know, as a man, you know, I you know, on one on one hand, I completely understand why it is what it is. But on the other hand, you know, it's like you really don't have to say so. If you and your wife have, you know, she gets pregnant, so I don't want no kids. She can go and terminate that pregnancy. She's not obligated to carry that 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 seed to term because you want it. And I just, you know, I don't know, I don't know why I feel some type of way. You have no say so in it, none. He None never did. At all. Y'all never did. And how old are you? I, that's you my just point. This now? I'm with you on it. That's no, it's not I'm just realizing it now. It's just it's just really can't it, I don't know. I've always felt this way. Just because abortion is on the you know, it's it's on the forefront right now. It's just once again to me, that's to me to me that's that's an issue. It's not really an issue because you can't do anything about it. I don't know. I we're well, gonna it's take on a break. the forefront right now because of what? Because I don't watch the news. So I and I was surprised. So 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 wait a minute. You trying to tell me you don't know that the Supreme Court is in in line to uh, do away with Roe versus Wade? No, I don't. I didn't know that. And I was you know wow. what I was surprised about, which is why I pressed number one to begin with. Because I was like, why is she talking about abortions on Mother's Day? Like, a lot of people aborted children, and some of them wish they kept them. They probably regret it every day. A lot of people feel bad, especially on Mother's Day. So I'm like, why is she talking about abortions on Mother's Day? He couldn't have talked about it last week or next week. Well, it's just That's the, the, the paper was to, yeah the paper was leaked yeah yeah so so basically for those who are in the Momo B category who don't watch the news yeah so one of the justices an opinion was leaked uh, uh, on a ruling that the justice the justices are about to overturn Roe versus Wade which has been a precedent for almost fifty years and so people are going cuckoo for cocoa puffs because you're telling a woman she she has to carry a baby regardless of whether or not that baby was created through rape or incest. It's just ridiculous. So that's why we're having the conversation. we got to step out, and we'll be right back after this, Momo. In Brazil, a former president has launched his campaign to win office for the third time, and political tensions there are rising. NPR's Philip Reeves reports. Campaigning for Brazil's October elections doesn't officially begin until August, yet Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva has launched his candidacy. For years, he was a giant of Latin America's left, serving twice as president. In the last election, he was blocked from running after being jailed for corruption. 
Those convictions were eventually nullified by the courts. Now he's back, telling a rally of supporters in Sao Paulo Saturday that he wants to unite Brazilians against a threat to democracy posed by his rival, Brazil's far-right president, Jair Bolsonaro. De Silva leads the polls, but he's 76, and there are questions over whether he's really prepared for a bruising battle over the nation's future. Philip Reeves, NPR News, Rio de Janeiro. There's no word yet on what an Elon Musk-led Twitter would do about this, if and when that should take place. But as the week ended, a federal judge in San Francisco rejected a lawsuit from former President Donald Trump that challenged Trump's permanent ban from Twitter. In the interim, Trump launched his own social network, and he said he wouldn't rejoin Twitter even if it were possible. In his ruling, U.S. District Judge James Donato said that Trump failed to show that Twitter abridged his First Amendment right to free speech. The judge says the challenges failed in part because free speech rights do not apply to private companies, and Trump failed to show it was working as a state actor. I'm Luis Schiavone, and PR name is Washington. In stressful times, you want to spend your time checking out not just what's best, but what's best for you. We know you care about what you watch, what you read, and what you listen to. NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast is with you five days a week to make sure that time is well spent. Listen now to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. White people don't need democracy. Democracy gets in the way of white by white rule. That's all wow. I have. Wow, that's 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 enough. <laughs> I mean, wow. Savina man bringing it like she always does. They have a few that we have time to read before we get out of here. Uh, let's see here. Pastor Steve, he says, peace and blessings, family. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. He says, no disrespect to the other members of the show, but today is a treat for me. Jay and Mr. Elias, head-to-head, must-hear radio. Be blessed. Appreciate it, Pastor. Uh, Jamie from Chicago, happy Mother's Day. I'm a Republican, and like Mr. Elias, I do not believe in abortion. However, no one should be told what to do with their bodies. I hear you, Jamie. I have time for one more. Oh, and I think it just, I think I erased it. Uh-oh, sorry. Um, oh, here it is. Gina from Houston, she says, Jay, my brother, you sound whack. <laughs> you also sound like a Republican. Wow. And Gina, that hurts. Maybe I should have lost that. I don't want to hear all that nonsense on a beautiful, 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 beautiful Hello. Mother's Day. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. I said, you sound whack. She said, I sounded whack, Mr. Elias. That's uh, <laughs> okay. I wish I could disagree with that. I wish I could disagree with that. When people, yeah, when, but when you the, know what? The audience speaks their right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And on and on that note. Online radio at its best. It is time for our final thoughts, and she's talking about sounding whack about abortions, Miss Elias. I thought you would actually agree with that, but whatever. All right, it is time for our final thoughts, and ladies are first. It says Momo B has slid in here at the last minute. She gets first call, but it's time to say Momo B. Final thoughts. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. It's not an easy job. Some of us want to quit every day. 
But um, look, I got two grown children, so I did my job. I think my job is over, so I think. But they keep coming back asking me questions. But happy Mother's Day to everybody. Thank you so much for those well wishes on Mother's Day. Man, it's the first and last word here on the uh, serious side. Mr. L.E.S. Man, final thoughts. Oh, my gosh. Well, my final thoughts are happy Mother's Day to my two mothers. I was blessed enough to have two mothers. And they say that you only got one. You only got one? I had two. Miss Dorothy Nevels really took me under her wing and loved me just like one of her own. She, she, she cussed at me like one of her own. <laughs> And she told me about myself like I was one of her own. And Zero Morris, God bless you, baby. I thank you for all the life lessons that you've given me, that you've bestowed upon me, and that, you, that you've taught me throughout my years. I love you, and I'm going to love you to the end of time. And I thank you for always being there for me. Wow, that's sweet. My final thoughts. Uh, first of all, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we were blessed to have people that were our mothers and did all the different things for us when it comes to uh, uh, taking care of us and things of that nature. So just happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. And once again, Vera Morris, Ms. Dorothy Neville, Ms. Lily Lee, you guys played a fundamental role in my life. And I can never repay you for all that you've done for me. And for all the ladies out there who felt that I was disrespectful with my comments, You know, I'm not saying that a woman doesn't have the right to choose. Please do not walk away with that thought process because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is as a man, as a father, sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we have no say-so. And as a man, sometimes you feel powerless because, you know, the only reason why we're called father is because you agreed to have our child. But if you decide not to have our child, then that's a title that we would never, ever earn. So it is what it is. I'm not arguing it either way. It's just food for thought for me. And, you know, that's just the way it is. And on that note, Mr. L to the E to the S, if it is Sunday. We're talking serious stuff, my friend. What time is it? It's time for the serious side of the J. Of the J. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, baby. I appreciate you all the time. <laughs> There's nothing else to be said. So, for Momo Beasley, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jerry Proud. Have a wonderful work week. Enjoy Mother's Day. And if it's Sunday and we're here talking, and we are is, and we are talking, it's a serious time to say, Rob, Bye. <laughs>